This episode of Lead to Win is brought to you by Michael Hyatt's Countdown to 2021. Join this exclusive newsletter and free community of like-minded achievers who are committed to turning 2020's disappointments into 2021's greatest successes. Learn more at leadto.win slash countdown. Hi, I'm Michael Hyatt. And I'm Megan Hyatt-Miller. And this is Lead to Win, our weekly podcast to help you win at work and succeed at life. Today, we're going to be talking about a topic that is about business. It has definitely a business impact, but at first, you're not going to think so. So give me the benefit of the doubt. It's why every leader needs a hobby. And we're going to make the case, the business case of how this can help you as a business person or an organizational leader. So having a hobby makes you a better leader in at least four ways. But I first want to talk about hobbies. What constitutes a hobby? Because I talk to a lot of business owners who say, my business is my hobby, right? That justifies them working 24-7. If your business is your hobby, you really enjoy it. I get that. I like my work too. But that's not a hobby. I'm talking about, when I talk about a hobby, something that is not work, that is non-achievement, or at least achievement in the professional sense. Okay, Dad, I have to just uh, pipe up here for a second because some of our listeners are like me and they're in a similar stage of life. And uh, I'm 40 years old. I have five kids, ages 19 to 1. And some of us are thinking there's not a lot of time for hobbies when you're in this season of life. And I think it's really important as we get into this topic. I'm actually excited about it. I think this is a great topic. Um But it's important for our listeners to know that your hobbies at your stage of life, empty nester, you know, a lot more uh, discretionary time and mine as a mom of five kids, you know, and all the chaos that 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 brings to my outside of work hours um, look really different. And that's totally okay. Okay. So let's talk about, again, this is like a tale of two cities, a tale of two (laughs) hobbies. Okay. So my hobbies at my season of life, and granted, this takes some leisure time. So currently my hobbies, and by the way, this is a moving target because they change like every year. And my dad was a serial hobbyist. You're kind of like, uh, your hobby is hobbies, I feel like. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what what it's driven from is I love to learn. Yeah, that's true. You do. Right. And so, you know, a hobby presents a new opportunity or new field of inquiry and study. So currently... Bass fishing, you know, I've been fly fishing for the last, you know, decade and a half, and I love that, but I've recently gotten back into bass fishing, and particularly bass fishing from a kayak, I mean, crazy, but it's a great, great hobby, and then also, I've restarted my golf hobby, so those are currently the two things that I'm pursuing right now, so admittedly, golf takes a lot of time. Fishing can take a lot of time, but both of these I do at our lake house, and I'm just enjoying them like crazy. I'm, I'm thinking about it all the time. Well, I was at the lake this last weekend and um, just to <laughs> just to give people a visual of this. Okay, so imagine a garage, your sort of average two-car garage. I walk in because like we've been talking now for weeks about you're getting these kayaks and they're special for fishing. They have, you know, like a little motor so that you can troll in and out of little coves and whatever. And so I'm like imagining 
your ordinary kayak that would fit on top of your car. Like, you know, you sit on top of it, you paddle, paddle. And if you get tired, you know, you put the motor on. So this is what I'm imagining that we're going to be setting out in. As it turned out, you were not yet ready for the kayaking trip because these are really not your mother's kayaks. Like these are, as you told me, they are personal watercrafts. Okay, <laughs> just let that inform the scope of what you're imagining in your mind right now. These are like canoe-sized kayaks. They're like 13 feet long. They have electrical wiring. They have live wells. They have... Uh, you know, motors and other little motors and fish finders and lights. And I don't even know what, like they basically two kayaks side by side took up an entire bay of the garage. Okay. They weigh 150 pounds a piece. This is, this is a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, you know, you, you're making a good point. You know, th these are kind of the Ferrari of kayaks, by the way, for those of you that are geeks or interested, these kayaks are made by a company called old town canoe. And this is the Sportsman Autopilot 136. Just to say that shows you how geeky I am about this. But but I spent a lot of time rigging these up and getting the wiring right. And I've got these Humminbird Helix 7 fish finders with side imaging and all this crazy stuff. And they'll hold about six fishing poles on them. So these are basically... Did you hear that? Six fishing poles. You might be asking yourself, why would you ever need six fishing poles on one person's personal watercraft? I don't know the answer to that. These, these are basically search and destroy fishing <laughs> vessels. Oh, I don't know what amazing. else to say. It's amazing. So yeah, so I'm serious about my hobbies. Now, in contrast... Uh, and we're going to talk about, by the way, the the leadership benefits of these hobbies, but we're going to have to get stay to with them. us. For, yeah, stay with us. So for me, at this stage of my life, um, I frequently go to the lake, our family lake house, and I love to fish too. I love to fly fish. I'm a new fly fisher woman. I don't know what the proper term is for that. That's it. Uh, I'm new to that. I've done it for maybe the last two years and, you know, a handful of times and really enjoyed it. I've always loved to fish. I grew up fishing uh, with my grandfather, your dad. And so that's something I really enjoyed. That's what I do when I go to the lake. Honestly, I am happy as a clam to be fishing off of the little bridge to the dock and catching bluegills. In fact, this past weekend we were out there and you were like, it's going to be amazing. We're going to catch all these bass off the dock because the kayaks are not ready yet. So we're not yet going out on the personal watercrafts. And, and, and let the record show, I caught five yeah. bass. So you're like sending me these yeah. pictures for a few days before we come. And these huge, like a five pound bass, like all these big fish. And I'm like, this is going to be amazing. Well, I come out there. These fish don't want to have anything to do with us. They not, We didn't even hardly get one bite the entire weekend. So I decided to go to my tried and true, which is my little, you know, container of worms off the bridge, dropping my little hook with my bobber. And I mean, within minutes, I had a fish. Now, this fish was about um, maximum two inches long. But I'm going to just tell you, it was more than you did in the weekend. So there you go. I think I caught about five uh, little fish, but nothing. You don't very have to impressive. rub it in. I know, but you know what? I mean, honestly, I love it. It's so fun. It's so relaxing. I can only go out for you know half an hour at a time because it's probably time to put Naomi down for a nap or feed her or whatever. Um, so I don't get a whole lot of time, and that's kind of what my life looks like right now. I'm fishing. I'm walking outside. I'm doing stuff with the family. 
I also enjoy cooking a lot. So that's something I enjoy doing on the weekends. But it's not unlike you where you can spend two or three days immersed in a hobby. I might get two or three hours uh, in a month. That's probably realistic for me right now. So I just kind of want to contextualize that. That's okay. You can still get benefits even from a little amount of time. Well, and I will say this, you know, we tend to make room within reason for what's important to us. One of the things that I see that happens a lot is that business owners say, I don't have time for hobbies. Well, they don't make time for hobbies and you won't make time for something you don't see as important, right? right? So one of the things that that I want to say to you guys listening, make it a priority. I realize that it's a different priority for me than it is for Megan. Even if it's only a couple hours a month, it will make you a better leader. And we want to talk about that. Also, you don't have to do your hobby alone. You can include other people. You can include your staff. You can include your children. You can include your spouse. So this is not like, you know, the old kind of idea of, uh, you know, the the dad goes out and plays golf on Saturday while the mom stays home with all the kids. Like that that's not what we're talking about here. In fact, Chad Cannon, for example, on our team, one of our executives, uh, has gotten really into golf with his wife, Julie, and they take their daughter, Crew, who I think is four or almost four at this point. And it's like a whole family thing and they love it, you know? So this can really be a great way to connect with your family or friends or partner, whoever. It doesn't just have to be a solitary thing. So four ways that it'll make you a better leader, a hobby. First of all, improved problem solving. You know, there's great value in learning to solve problems in, in a world that's not the world you work in every day. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things that can happen is lateral thinking. So everything becomes a metaphor for something else. So let me give you an example. So this weekend, after you left the lake house, on Sunday, uh, we were there. It wasn't our turn to go to church. We're rotating church thing, so I wasn't in Nashville. So uh, I decided to work on the ca- kayaks. Well, I had to wire up the fish finders, which was going to, which was going to mean that I had to run some wire inside the hull of the kayak. Now, I don't want to get too technical, but I've always thought of myself, Megan, as a non-mechanical person. Right. I've always thought that about you too. <laughs> so you had a limiting belief about me. Right. It's true. Gosh. I mean, how, how can a guy get ahead? So, <laughs> so I have this limiting belief about me. My family has this limiting belief about me. He's not good with his hands. He's not good with tools. He's not very mechanical. So I have all this, you know, rattling around in my head, but I decide I want to do this on the kayaks. So as it turns out, anything you want to do in life, there's a video on YouTube. It's really true. I don't care what it is. I mean, it is unbelievable. And then there are our Facebook groups. I don't generally like Facebook and I don't pay any attention to my feed because I'm pretty much off social media, but I am in a kayak fishing group where I could go ask those people exactly the questions I had and get specific answers. So I wired those kayaks up like a boss. But I had to solve the problem because I'm thinking to myself, okay, from where the wire enters in the kayak, it's six feet till the hole comes out where it's going to connect to the monitor. My arms, as you may have noticed, aren't six feet long. Mm. So how do you solve this problem? So I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe I could get a, a coat hanger and you know tape the wire and thread it through the hull. Well, then I discovered in my Facebook group, that there's actually this tool that electricians use called a fishing rod where they ironically, feed, well, ironically, my, I mean, the convergence of my two hobbies. Right. And so, and so I could feed this through the hull 
And it like took me, once I got the, the fishing rod, it took me about five minutes to do it. Wow. It was so cool. But that, that problem solving, and I said to Gail, I said, I don't think I'm, I'm particularly good with my hands. I don't think I'm mechanical. I think I'm really good at problem solving yeah. and I really enjoy it. So some people like to put together puzzles. I like to just solve problems in a non-work context. I find fun in that. Michael, they talk about in education, this idea that when you used to go to school, you would go and you would just, they would shove your brain full of knowledge because all you had were reference books. You didn't have the internet. So they called that just in case learning. Here's the periodic table. Here's the multiplication table. Just here, just in case. You might need it someday, but we live in an era that they call just in time learning, right? Where now the moment you need the information, the skill set is in the ability to get it. Mm -hmm. So to Mm -hmm. go, that's the actual skill is to go, well, what's the question that I need answered and how can I get that? I think that's such a a great point. Yeah, it's such a different paradigm we live in. Mm -hmm. It's excellent. That's really good. And honestly, Dad, you know, when I think about one of the things that's made you successful it's your ability to solve problems. It's your ability to figure out problems. It's not that you know the most. It's not that you're the smartest. It's that you figured out very early on that, as Marie Forleo says, everything is figure outable. You know, that you can find a way to figure things out. You just have to find the right Facebook group, in this case, the right YouTube video, whatever. And think about how empowering that is in business. You know, how many situations as leaders do we face where, wow, that's as far as we've ever been before. We don't know how to do you know, organizational design. We don't know how to sell a business. We don't know how to do, um, you know, some kind of financial reporting, all these different things that may be something we haven't done before, but we can figure it out. We can figure out how to figure it out. And that's a superpower. Well, and again, I want to give my dad credit for this because one of the things I saw my dad do is whenever he took on a new hobby and he was a serial hobbyist, but whenever he would take on a new one, the first thing he would do is either go to the library or the bookstore and buy a bunch of books. Mm -hmm. And he would just start digging. I mean, this was before the internet and he would just read all these books. I mean, I saw him do that with photography. I saw him do that with woodworking. I saw him do it with a number of different hobbies, but I'm kind of the same way. Like right now I'm reading, I I probably have watched, and I'm not making this up, probably a hundred hours worth of fishing videos. Wow. And And now I'm starting, and those are all just bass fishing videos, right? So I feel like I've got the fly fishing thing pretty much down. I understand trout, understand their behavior, but now I'm into bass, totally different species. But uh, the same thing with, with golfing and your mother, this was awesome last week because she's taken up golf. I, I never thought I'd live to see that day. And she's taken, she's taking golf lessons from an LPGA coach right here in Nashville, who used to be my coach, an amazing lady, Nancy Corsellino. And so she's had a couple of lessons. And so she played two rounds last week, but get this, this is the crazy thing. When I'm sitting there reading I noticed she's got her headphones on and she's looking at her iPad. And I just stopped and said, babe, what are you watching? She said, oh, I'm watching golf videos. <laughs> what? Who is this woman? And what have you done with Gail? <laughs> I mean, it was, it's awesome to watch. But I think that it's that, that persistence to, to learn and to, and to just kind of stay engaged until you solve the problem. I think if I have a superpower, it's not even my problem solving abilities. It's my ability to persist until I get it right. Yeah, that's until true. I until I get the answer. Yep. So I try tons of things that don't work, but I just don't give up when they don't work. I just keep doing it. I mean, mm-hmm. Gail said this to me a, a thousand times where she said, Babe, why don't you go to bed? You know, approach this in the morning. I said, Look, I just I, I just want to keep trying things. I'm very close. And so I just persist. Okay, so that's the first 
benefit of how a hobby makes you a better leader, improved problem solving. It gives you an, an opportunity to practice your problem solving skills in an unrelated area so that it's fresh, right? So that you can become a beginner again and approach problems in a new and fresh way. Okay, a second way, increased creativity. Hobbies make you more creative by getting you to play. Yeah, I love this one because I think one of the the biggest negatives of not having any hobbies and just basically all you do is work, you know, is that you never get your brain to turn on in a different way. You're you're sort of using one part of your way your brain. It's kind of like if you only did um, bicep curls, you know, you'd have really impressive biceps and chicken legs, <laughs> as they say. And I think that's kind of like creativity. I mean, you really need to use a different part of your brain so that uh, you have access to that when you need it in your professional life. And play is incredible for that. It also reduces stress. It allows you to free associate and think of all kinds of solutions that you wouldn't have before. And I think it's really easy to discount the value of play as adults, but it's really, really important. Well, when you think about where creativity happens, it usually happens when you're the most relaxed. Yep. You know, when you're not trying to force it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's it's no accident that some of our most creative thinking happens in the shower because that's where we're the most relaxed. Or you're out for a walk. Or, again, fishing. I have some of the best ideas I've ever had fishing. And a friend of mine, John Cramp, used to say, when you're fishing, you're doing something, but you ain't doing much. <laughs> and, and that's really true. You know, it's enough to keep you actively from thinking about work. But suddenly, out of left field, you get some crazy idea, even some business idea. I try to park it and not think about it, but oftentimes those come when I'm really, I'm just out there playing. Happens on the golf course. I'll have some, you know, consequential, meaningful, deep, intimate conversation with a golf partner because we're doing something, but we're, we're not doing much. Mm -hmm. I think that's really, really true. Okay, so first way, improve problem solving. Second way, having a hobby makes you a better leader. Increased creativity. And number three, and I love this one too, continuous growth. Hobbies put you into a beginner's mindset and causes you to have to learn and stay humble. And so, can I just share a story? Okay, so this happened to me this, this week. I got a, a message on Facebook Messenger from somebody in the kayak group that was that has been a longtime follower of mine. And so they they thanked me for, you know, all the content we produce and the books that he's read and so forth, the courses he's been through. But he said, I've learned more from you based on your interaction in the kayak group than I have in all the things I've read or studied of yours wow. over the last five years. How come? He said, because what I noticed is that you were humble. And I, it seems awkward for me to say this to myself. He said, you were humble and you were willing to be a beginner. Yeah. And so you didn't presume to know anything. And you know, when guys, I mean, I hate to women know this, but when guys get around each other, you know, they, they kind of act like they know more than they do. Right. Right. And so I, I just didn't do that. I, be, I became a beginner and I asked the most basic questions. Sometimes I felt really stupid. Like, you know, like, how do I tell the difference on the battery between the positive and the negative? charge. You know, I mean, like not quite that basic, but almost that basic, but I was willing to ask those kinds of, of questions. And I think doing that is really helpful, particularly in business mm -hmm. Absolutely. to give yourself the gift of being a beginner, to walk into a financial um, meeting, for example, if you're the CEO and not feel like you've got to be smarter than the CFO. Yep. 
but to actually act like a beginner and, and, and to, to be able to say, if you need to, to say, could you please help me once again? Cause I know you've explained it to me before, but can you help me understand how the income statement relates to the balance sheet? You know, that's how you learn and having a hobby puts you in that position where you have no other choice. Yeah. You get to practice it, right? You get to practice it. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of Felicity, who is my 17 year old stepdaughter. So she's an amazing artist. She loves Japanese anime. That is totally her thing. And she's been drawing seriously for years. And when I say seriously, I mean like hours every day. She comes home from school and she draws until dinner and then she does her chores and then she draws some more. But of course, that wasn't always true. And I think the way that she really started is that she started watching these films, these anime films, and she was really captivated by the characters and the design and uh, just loved that aesthetic. And she's also fascinated by Japanese culture. And so she she just started learning. She started teaching herself. She started watching YouTube videos, kind of exactly like what you said, Dad, with your kayaks. You know, she didn't join a Facebook group. She didn't have that available to her. But every Christmas, she would ask for books, you know, about Japanese culture, about anime, graphic novels. You know, she would watch the Studio Ghibli movies. I mean, she's probably seen every one of those like 47 times, you know. And in doing that, she really has now achieved a level of mastery over the years. It's pretty astonishing. And she works both digitally and uh, by hand. But it started out with this just curiosity and excitement about a medium that she really loved. And she just started trying things. You know, she wasn't like, oh, I have to be studio quality art at the very beginning. She knew that she was just going to start messing around. And as a kid, I think kids have a way easier time with this. You know, they don't have the hangups that adults do around this needs to be perfect from the beginning. You know, I remember when I was learning to fly fish, of course, you'd been fly fishing for years. And the first time we fly fished, actually, this happens to me every time I do it, I feel anxious about it. You know, like I have to confront this whole beginner's mind thing every time, because I want to be good at it. You know, like I, I really want to be good at it. And the only way to get good at it is years and lots of practice. And it's challenging for me every time to say, you know what? I don't have to be successful at this. I don't have to be the expert. I don't have to be the best at this. And I think that's really important um, as a leader, as somebody who is successful at some level, we can kind of get in this rut of like, we can't ever go back to the beginning. Like now we have this level that we have to like meet in every part of our life and we can't ever go back to the beginning. And of course, that's not true and it's not helpful and it's it's not a great way to live. Um, but if we're not thinking consciously about it, we just don't really challenge that assumption and we stop trying new things because we don't like that feeling of, oh, I can't remember, you know, how to cast or I can't remember how to mend my line, you know, with uh, fly fishing or whatever. Um, or every time, you know, or often when I'm, I'm casting, I get stuck in the tree. And it's so embarrassing, you know, which literally happens to me frequently in Tennessee because there's trees over the river, you know, and it's like, okay, now I got to get ask the guy to help me get it out again. Wah, wah. But that's so great. And I, I need to have that same mindset in our business as we're trying new things, as we're thinking about the future and pioneering, or I'll just stop taking risks. Yeah. I mean, how you approach your hobbies is how you're going to approach your business. Right. And and to realize that, as you said before, quoting Marie Forleo, everything is figure outable. Everything can be learned in business. I, I have no finance background. Right. And Me yet, either. 
you know, I feel like, and I think you could now too, I can hold myself in a room full of accountants or investment bankers or, or anybody else because I've taken the time to study and I've learned it. And I didn't expect myself to be an expert from right. the beginning. Right. You know, I was willing to kind of stumble through it to ask people for help. That's another key component of this is the willingness to ask people for help. Mm -hmm. I'd been a marketing director in the book publishing world about five years when I got an invitation to attend a copywriting boot camp. And I thought, well, I mean, you know, marketing director for five years, I'd had a lot of major campaigns under my belt, a lot of bestsellers that I'd helped to create. And, you know, it'd be easy for me in that situation to say, you know, I know all this, I don't need to know that, or I can delegate it to somebody else. And I thought, no, that's something I want to learn. I want to be able to write good copy. I just had this sense that that was going to be important to me later in my career. And it, what I didn't know was that it was the beginning of learning how to write and learning how to communicate and be more articulate. So I subjected myself to that 60-hour program, 60 wow. hours in one week, where, you know, it was literally a boot camp for copywriters. It was one of the best things I ever did. So I, I again, I think we can take this, what we're learning about hobbies, and put it back into business, it'll make us better leaders if we give ourselves the permission to be beginners, to ask questions, to be humble, and to learn. Improved problem solving is one of the ways that a hobby will make you a better leader. Increased creativity, continuous growth, and finally, reduced stress. So Megan, how did fishing this weekend make you feel? I think this is the thing I like the most about hobbies. And if you're sort of struggling with this and you're not sure that um, you want to, you know, take the time to cultivate a hobby, I really think this stress reduction component is so helpful because we spend most of our time in our thinking brain. And by the time we get to Friday, our brain is tired. Our brain is exhausted. And in order to be prepared to come back to work and really make a contribution we need to rejuvenate our brain and we need to use a different part of our brain, um, something that, um, you know, helps us tap into creativity. We also need to get back into our body because when we're in our thinking brain, we're really not kind of in an embodied place. We're sort of like a head floating around sometimes is how I feel, you know. And so what I love about hobbies is usually they engage us physically in some way. They engage our creativity. They get us out of our environment in nature all of which are super helpful in reducing stress. And for me, I know, you know, this has been true forever. If I stand on the dock and fish, I mean, it's even better if I'm out on a boat, but, you know, low bar here. If I'm just like standing on the dock and fishing, my kids don't really like it that much, but I am just so happy and just so relaxed. I can just feel myself exhale. I can't really think about anything else. I can't worry. I can't obsess about things because there's enough concentration that's needed for the fishing itself. And I think this is true. You hear this from people who do art, from people who are musical, from um, athletes, you know, that are runners or whatever, that you just can't really think about a whole lot when you're focused on whatever it is that you're doing in your hobby. And that is such a relief sometimes. You know, I heard somebody say one time, Megan, that stress is the enemy of performance. Yeah. And I've experienced this in golfing. You know, when I go out there and I'm a little bit stressed, maybe at the beginning, maybe I, you know, if I'm golfing during the weekday, I've just come out of a meeting that was stressful and I'm stressful in golf. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really got a tight grip on that club and I'm, you know, really trying to hammer it with my swing. I inevitably botch it. Yep. But when I totally relax, take a deep breath and then swing and let the club do the work, that's when I perform the best. Yep. And I think it's a good metaphor for how it works in business too. 
I think that, you know, business by its very nature of, you know, especially this year in 2020 facing COVID and all the challenges, it's easy to get stressed and stress leads to burnout and burnout. When you get burned out, a lot of bad things happen. So I think we've got to give ourselves permission to take breaks. And when we take those breaks, we give our mind a chance to kind of, you know, uh, relax again and to take on the problem and be refreshed. And, and without that, you just can't, I mean, you just can't go, 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 go. No. Nope. It's not productive. You won't be focused. You'll be more easily distracted. You'll be less creative and you just won't produce. But hobbies counteract all that. You know, as we said earlier, having a hobby makes you a better leader in four ways. Number one, it improves your problem solving. Number two, it increases your creativity. Number three, it offers you the opportunity for continuous growth. And number four, it reduces stress. So if you're kind of on the fence about this hobby thing, maybe you haven't made it a priority, I think these are four really good reasons that not only is it going to enhance your personal life, but it's really going to enhance your professional performance to make a little room for hobbies in your life. Dad, do you have any final thoughts? I do. Let me encourage you to pick one hobby, to decide that there's going to be one thing that's going to be your hobby, even if you can only give it an hour a week or an hour every other week. Be deliberate and start at the beginning. Decide you're going to learn that thing and you're going to pursue it and just notice the difference it makes in your thinking, your creativity, and your productivity. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining us today and we'll be right back here next week. Until then, lead to win. This episode of Lead to Win is brought to you by Michael Hyatt's Countdown to 2021. Join this exclusive newsletter and free community of like-minded achievers who are committed to turning 2020's disappointments into 2021's greatest successes. Learn more at leadto.win slash countdown.